Welcome to Life on Earth, the Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace, and global equality, one earthling at a time. Hello, everyone. This is Natalie. Thank you for joining me on Life on Earth podcast. Today, I'm going to have a conversation about life, thoughts, ideas, provocative ideas, traveling, traveling on your own, and foremost, creating amazing art with the artist Vincent Temple. I hope you join me in this interesting conversation. But before we get further into the episode, I would like to let everyone know I am having a yoga teacher training and deepening your practice 200-hour program beginning in September, from September to December. This is an amazing program which you learn yoga, of course, but so much more. Meditation, lifestyle, how to be your most authentic and optimal self, how to enhance the planet and the life of not only yourself, but all those around you. It's a program that builds community. You will create lifelong friendships. And we work really close together for that period of time, looking into all different aspects of our lives. So it's uh, so much that goes on on our Deepening Your Practice yoga program, Body, Mind, Spirit. I hope you can join me. If you mention this podcast episode, I will give you a $100 off. We are a 200-hour and 300-hour accredited school. And now, this episode is brought to you by Shanti Yoga Shala, my yoga studio. And I also invite you to come visit me there. Without further ado, enjoy. Here's Vincent Temple. Hello, Vincent. Hi, how's it going? Hi, everyone. Today, I'm here with Vincent Templin, and I would um, love to introduce you to everyone, Vincent, because I'm super excited. Vincent is doing an art show, which we'll get more into it, a pottery art show at the yoga studio, my yoga studio, Shanti Yoga Shala, and that is on August 18th. And, um, we're going to start with a tea ceremony, three to four, and then his show. So I'm excited to get to know Vincent more and for all of you from Life on Earth podcast listeners to get to know Vincent. Um, how are you today? Awesome. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm excited as well for, uh, for being here and for what's to come. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your energy on the podcast. Of course. I would like to begin with uh, you pronouncing your full name i always like <laughs> to get people's like correct pronunciation okay um your full name my name is vincent paul carletta tomplin tomplin uh, tomplin yeah it's a it's a french name uh mm -hmm. sort of local bunch of different spellings and variations of it but uh it, the french is really what sort of embellishes how it's spelt versus how it's pronounced so yeah i can relate <laughs> so my name uh, a lot of times i hear croy but i'm actually also like half french and my name my last name is pronounced qua okay and yeah. my, my first name's pronounced natalie but here you know yeah different exactly um where were you where are you from originally uh i'm originally from here i was born and raised in new orleans i was born at ashner hospital uh and you have part French on you? Yeah, so, mm -hmm. so my dad's from around here, my mom's from California, mm -hmm. uh, and I grew up in Luling uh, and graduated from Palmville High School in 2016. So Not that long ago. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I'm You're very, quite young. I'm, I'm young and I'm homegrown, and there's, there's a lot to sort of look forward to. So. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And you're already doing amazing things on the planet, and I feel you have a really clear vision of who you are and what you want in your life and at least you have a clear vision like quite young which is um sometimes it takes people many years to get to a place like that so that's always a huge blessing mm -hmm. when we're gifted with that or at least it's uh it's coming together uh yeah well know. i mean there's always gonna be uh you know we always have to figure things out no matter what of course yeah but when you already know you're passionate about something you're working with your passion 
and you're sharing that with the world, it's it's really beautiful to watch. Yeah, and uh, also having that passion sort of allows you to better see the rest of the world through a, a more focused lens. Um, just as I progress and get better at ceramics, it allows me to sort of open my mind up to, to different thinking, different thought processes, and sort of getting to the to the point I'm at with my maturity and what I want for myself and all of that, mm-hmm. those such things. So you are a pottery ceramic artist? Yes, yeah. Um, I do ceramics. I work primarily on the potter's wheel with stoneware at Cone 6. Uh, that's basically I plug in an electric kiln and it fires to around 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and... That's the basis of my work. I also do a little bit sort of at school and at different universities that I've been hopping around uh, from place to place at. Uh, I do some cone tin firing there, uh, some atmosphere firing, um, which is a different process. Uh, it yields different results uh, that I'll get to explore further as I do more. Yeah. So what is, can you share the name of your company that you have now that we're doing the, the show on? Oh, um, literally. So my business is Little Leaf Pottery. Uh, we've been established for six years now, I believe. Um, it's quite impressive, Vincent. So <laughs> I've I've had a business license since I was thirteen years old or so. Wow, you started like super early. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, uh, I started my freshman year of high school. Uh, I was actually a swimmer for 15 years. Uh, I was pretty competitive swimming at the state championships, coming in second, uh, first in a relay, and uh, competing on a sort of nationals, sectionals level, I guess, so not the whole nation. And that told me a lot about discipline and focus that led eventually to arts because I tore my rotator cuff swimming. And not being able to work out, not being able to exercise, I really needed something to do, something to uh, keep my energy flowing and sort of sustain me. And I stumbled upon pottery uh, because the art teacher at the time was the high school swim coach. So I begged her to let me try the wheel, let me try it. Um, I was into art at the time, but didn't really know how to articulate myself through different medias. Uh, And then I tried the wheel and it was really hard. He did it at first because of that. What's the wheel? The wheel is sort of the premise of most of what I create. Uh, It's sort of the tabletop that spins round and round that Mm -hmm. a potter creates their forms on. Uh, Most people sort of reference Ghost uh, to get an idea. Yeah, the movie Ghost. Yeah. When she's Uh, doing her pottery on the wheel. Yeah, of course. And uh, I'll be at my shows and that's what most women in their 50s or 60s sort of oh so, so you so you make pottery like movie ghosts uh, yeah <laughs> that's what You're i like do. yeah that's it um, um so yeah my freshman year of high school throwing pottery on the potter's wheel and that sort of how hard the craft was is what grew into my passion for it mm-hmm. uh i really saw it as something i wanted to get better at master and here i am now but you felt obviously there's a point and we'll get to that, but that you fell in love with with it too. And so, but okay, let me just um, do a little intro here for everyone who's listening. I just want to share that we are right now sitting on my backyard and we're having um, tea. And actually, we're having tea on your bowl that you created. Yes, some of bowls. Yeah, two of his bowls. And we have a beautiful side handle as well. And the tea is uh, oolong from this one is from living tea and we're also with my chickens so you might also be hearing the chimes is the bells and we're sitting under a tree and it's a beautiful day in new orleans so i wanted indeed. to and uh, the chickens are gorgeous that. by the way i saw them on Thank instagram you. previously when they were really young and sort of hatching little uh, baby chickens yeah and they're, yeah they're quite robust now they're, I, they're large I chicks, so. they grew and these are my girls i really love them their name is Thelma and Louise, but they're also known as Stevie Nicks and Sunny. <laughs> so they have <laughs> multiple names. Wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to share that we're sitting out in nature with tea. Um, tea is just so amazing, you know, especially these teas that are from living teas that are uh, wildly growth and they're um, sustainable. These trees are from Asia. They're imported. I always talk about the teas, and it puts us in this meditation kind of mindfulness practice. Um, on August 18th, 
I will be hosting a tea ceremony together with you, Vincent, and I'm really excited about that. Also, I wanted to share with everyone that he will be making uh, tea bowls for everyone, and there's going to be a lot of uh, his work showcasing. We're opening after the tea ceremony to the public, um, and everyone can come check out Vincent's work, which I'm super psyched about that also the bowls we you when you purchase a ticket and i'll include um that on the show notes you will take get to take one of his your tea bowl made by vincent you'll get to take it home we can get to that more but i really just wanted to get that out there because it's coming up soon and it's super important because i'm looking forward to it and i know you are too you've been doing a lot of work for it yeah uh i've been prepping a lot for this show it's sort of the end of a, a very long journey that I've been on this summer okay. uh, doing a, a bunch of different shows. Yeah, uh, you've been traveling. So let's get back to your passion. So when you were a child, okay, okay yeah. so now I want to just kind of dive into your story because I find it really cool that you what, what you're doing also like the age that you're doing all this. And quite honestly, I can identify a lot because I was already doing um, what I've ended up doing my whole life quite young right and i've been already like really focusing on the path for a really long time and it's rare that i meet somebody that has sort of that that hasn't dabbled around like 10 different jobs before they ended up finding what they're supposed to be doing so you were on the swim team you had a lot of discipline you're swimming and um you're obviously like your household did how did your parents influence you with the you know supporting you i guess with the, the pottery and also the the swim team and getting to be where you are yeah my my parents are, are wonderful people uh amy and ron tomplin yeah they sort of raised me up well uh to be respectful and polite were sort of the the key and the basis to that but they also really disciplined me to think and act as an adult uh they never really treated me as a kid or younger or inferior they just sort of talk to me as if another person within the conversation or within any conversation. Since you were a kid? Since I was real young. And to me that that helped me grow and mature at a at a reasonable rate without having to feel like I was stumbling through the process. I had my parents to sort of talk me through it as I had questions. Uh Um, So very, very young, uh, before I was even in kindergarten, I asked my dad, multiplication, what's that? I want to learn it. And he was teaching me my multiplication tables before I was in school. And sort of little situations like that. They just never really felt like they had to hold back from me or shelter me from things I I was curious about. Okay. Um, And so that also went with a a sort of undenying support of what I wanted to do in my passions. And Uh, you still feel that way, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've sort of been inspiring them lately. Uh, my mom's taken up quilting. My dad's been taking up woodwork a little bit. Wow. Uh, aside from their regular jobs. I started swimming at a very young age, and they were supportive throughout all of that, coming to every single one of my meets. My mom would bring me to practice, do carpools. Um, she had a full-time job at a chemical plant before Katrina. And as Katrina happened and we had the damages with the house, she stopped doing that primarily to take care of us and get us to where we needed to be with everything that had happened with the storm. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, growing up, I've had a lot of support from my, from my parents. And you, yeah. when did you know that you were, quote, unquote, an artist? Or was that something that, that you, or even if it's just like that you were passionate for this thing? Like, when did you kind of, did you ever have an aha moment? Or was it just organic? Or how did it happen? Um, it definitely happened a lot later than that. It, it happened very recently as I sort of left my hometown and got to explore and go to college and see new things in new environments uh, was sort of when I had those realizations, which was long after when I started ceramics my freshman year of high school. Uh Um, So I guess the realization that I was an artist uh, came about my freshman year in college. So four years after I had started throwing, I was going to school for physics and mathematics uh, that was going to be a double major, uh, a lot of studying, a lot of sort of just staying at my computer and focusing on equations that would eventually lead to more of that in a future career. And I found myself sort of loafing through classes to get A's and then 
leaving what I had learned at the wayside and not really engaging and investing my interest and my time. And I had been doing pottery for four years. It was sort of routine. I developed some skills doing it uh, because I enjoy it so much. Sort of putting those two processes together, I had a realization that I should really pursue my artistic abilities and my crafts, mainly so that I could do more for myself and more for others as I pursue something I'm passionate about rather than maybe just good at. Mm-hmm. When you had that shift and you decided, okay, I'm going to shift from this math major and whatever, and I'm going to really go for you know, this, this uh, craft that I love, how did that feel? It was scary and it, yeah. it, it sort of still is scary because yeah. um, I'm, I'm in the process of it, given I'm bouncing from college to college right now to find the right place. But ultimately, it, it feels good because it allows me to understand how much I'm capable of achieving just by putting forth my effort and my will to do what I want to do. I'm sure it feels also liberating. Right? In yeah, sense. and and liberating in in the same sense that it's opening you up to a whole different realm of rules and ideas and things to think by and mm-hmm. to live by and act by uh, as an artist rather than someone who's going to pursue a nine to five career uh, like most people and most of my peers would be doing. So, mm-hmm. and you, but you just recently because you mentioned you've been hopping schools, but recently you got accepted to this amazing. School, can we? I'd love to like mention that and talk a little bit about that too. Yeah, some ceramic artists might have might have heard of it, uh, but I was recently accepted to Alfred University uh, as an arts major. And you said that's a number one. Yes, they're uh, the number one ranked ceramic program in the nation. Wow, which is outstanding. Uh, I got to visit their facilities this summer while I was going on the tour that I mentioned previously. There's just so much to do, so much to see, um, and I was offered. Uh, some financial aid to, to get it done, and that's looking to be my next step. Yeah, so. and I asked you, how did you get it? Ex- you said you had to create a portfolio, mm-hmm. so they had to look at your work. And your portfolio, what was it? Uh, so, yes, I had to make a portfolio of 15 to 20 images of just about any work. It didn't have to be ceramic, but since I'm a ceramic artist, uh, it sort of benefited me to do majority ceramics and then there were some other requirements for drawings and sort of to show some versatility, some other forms of artwork through different media. And putting that together was sort of done over the summer while I was traveling and about. And so I had to deal with getting photos that I had previously taken, putting them together, making sure I had service uh, to <laughs> sort of use yeah. the internet and get everything. I also saw submitted. your photos on Instagram and it looks like you went to some... Uh, kind of you know nature places gorgeous spots yeah and you uh, went to some cities too correct yeah uh, so this, tell us a little bit about your tour this summer i i did a tour and i took a 1996 camper van across the country uh all throughout the northeast primarily to show my work at some large arts festivals and sort of explore and enjoy my time while i did it so my first show was in buffalo new york my second was in Philadelphia, and then my third was at a ski resort in Massachusetts called Ski Butternut in the Great Barrington area. And so I was really just bouncing around from place to place, and I did a lot of traveling, seeing nature, seeing other things in my downtime because I had quite a bit of What inspires you? In reference to my artwork and my ceramics? Well, I guess as an artist, you have to be inspired by life. And, and it's with the things that come in your surrounding that inspire you translate into your work in many ways, right? Of course, yeah. Um, and, and that's a tough thing for me to really articulate right now, <laughs> uh, mainly because I'm sort of going through the process of discovering it. But primarily what inspires me is more my will and passion to create, to articulate myself. Ceramics is a very different media in the same way it's, uh, it can relate to a lot of different other medias of artwork, is that you have to find a unique way to say what you're trying to say through your artwork and through your uh, movements. And to me, that comes a lot with developing a relationship with the material you're working with. And so clay itself inspires me to use clay and to make more work, uh, more so I could understand what I'm working with. 
when you said you were traveling and you're going into nature and I saw some really beautiful nature photos, um, is that something that you just, why, why nature? I guess. Uh, I, I sort of found that I like nature more than the big cities. Uh, I really, really wanted to stay clear of the big cities after experiencing some of them because New Orleans is home. It's what I know. And I spent some time in Denver. And so I know a few large cities, but going up north and seeing some of the original large cities like uh, Buffalo, not as large, but Philadelphia, and then potentially going up into New York City and Boston. After I went to Buffalo and then Philadelphia, I, I was sort of intimidated by the large cities. Maybe uh, a little overwhelmed as well? Yeah, just not really knowing how to explore, what to explore, and having the large van to sort of carry all of my mm -hmm. stuff around because I had really large inventory of ceramics, mm -hmm. all the things it requires for me to set up my booth. Yeah. And then all the living essentials packed up into the van. So getting around large cities was also tougher. Yes. Um, and so making it out into the middle of nature was just easier. I enjoyed it more. Uh, and it gave me some time to relax and focus and think. Just let things pass by rather than always working to create more ceramics. No, being uh, engaged with things all the time. Yeah, it was a chance to just sort of relax and let things happen as they happen because I had two weeks in between needing to be from one place to the other. Yeah. And so I didn't really have anything necessary to fill my time. It's interesting how you say um, also that that allowed you to become more clear. Clear in a different way because as soon as I tried to shift back coming home, there was a very different energy and a different very manner that I had to carry myself uh, just because I had to put myself back on a cycle of waking up, making some work, doing this, doing that, getting chores done, and then doing it all over again rather than being on the road sort of wondering, hey, where am I going to stay? Uh, this is a cool campground. Let me check it out, see what I could find and explore rather than having set things to do. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very different pace of life, and I sort of like the, the flip-flop and the duality of it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I think that um, what you're speaking to is also creating space, which is something that I work a lot with um, my clients and mm. um, coaching from a spiritual perspective, which is really important to sometimes, like you said, create space. Maybe be in a, you can do that in your home potentially as well, but you have to be a lot more mindful because when you wake up, you already know you have, you know, the chores, A, B, C, or one, two, and three, four, and you have to kind of do it. Yeah. Yeah. But when you put yourself in a different situation and you just, you can just be, and you can just allow yourself to be, I think that um, many times when we do that, it opens us to spirit into the universe. And whatever it is that, you know, that you believe in, it doesn't matter, just your own higher self. But inspiration then has space and finds a way into yourself, like your heart, your soul, your, your, and so for me, a lot of times when I am in those particular types of situations, that's when I have created some of my most amazing work. Mm -hmm. Like that's when I've created my 200 hour teacher training. That's when I created my, my 300 hour teacher training. That's when course, I've created... Yeah. You know, all I can go over like all kinds of different things because um, as opposed to when I am back to back in a city life, it's it's much harder for me to to tune in. It takes mm -hmm. a lot more. Yeah. Um, and that's something I was really trying to gauge while I was on the road. Um, it's not like I could bring a potter's wheel with me, sit down and make some some pots. So I didn't really have that means of creation. But while I was on the road, I knew certain things were inspiring me. Like I got to go see Niagara Falls. I got to see a lot of beautiful state parks. And there was a lot of organic, natural things and energies that I sort of was able to breathe in and engage with intrinsically. But I still don't know what that's going to yield. Meaning what I'm is that going to translate into? Exactly. So mm -hmm. I'm still trying to process everything and digest it and sort of see what inspiration I really did gain from my travels you think um, that's still sort of in a developmental stage exactly like yeah. uh i feel i still have to sort of really remember recollect what had happened and think and engage with those thoughts as to how it applies to what i'm going to be doing with my future well you just got back too yes I, i've been back for about two weeks and i've really just been trying to 
make work, head to the grindstone, and sort of see what comes of it. Sort of seeing if that inspiration sort of have you been translates in the to studio? my work. Yeah, so um, that's what you mean. You've been like at the studio producing. Yeah, uh, my yeah. studio is also my home right now. My parents, who I've uh, mentioned before, so lovely have uh, allowed me to expand the garage into a studio mm-hmm. uh, where I have two wheels, seven kilns, uh, three or four of which work on a good day. So a lot of kiln maintenance, um, but a small little space that I could do a lot of creation in. So um, what's your ideal day like? Uh, right now, I mean, at home. My my day at home uh, has really just sort of been. I'm I'm a very early morning person, uh, so I'll wake up around five o'clock. Um, Why? Is there a specific reason, or just that's natural? just when the, the the timer sort of ticks and I and I wake up. From a spiritual perspective, a lot of yogis and people I have studied with that that is the auspicious time is really between four a.m. and six a.m. is when a lot of uh, spiritual he- uh, healers that I've known and teachers say you know this is when it would be the most optimal time to wake up and to sit in meditation and to to begin your day that's why i was asking i didn't know if it was intentional if it was just naturally you were like that because i have friends who are both i have friends who naturally you know wake up and and intent i have other friends who because of the spiritual practice or the artistic work that they do mm-hmm. they uh intentionally wake up at this time to begin their day so it's pretty interesting to me that you naturally just do that yeah uh yeah, I sort of like to say that 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. is like my, my prime time of the day, uh, which is different than most people. But it also goes back to uh, swimming and yeah. my parents as well. My dad, he splices cables for AT&T. He's up at 4.30 every morning okay. uh, just to head to work and go to go do his job. And then yeah. usually I would wake up for school. And then during the summers, I'd, I'd wake up for swim practice around 5 o'clock. And so it just became a routine. And then when it wasn't required of me going to college, you know, I sort of was living on my own, got to wake up whenever I want. It still sort of fell into that way that I just wake up early, Naturally six did. o'clock, five o'clock. So, okay, your ideal day, you're waking up. And then what do you do? Tea, coffee? Usually that comes after. Uh, <laughs> okay, go through it. Through it after okay. just, I usually wake up and just go, since I live literally next to my studio i just go in the studio and check in on it because uh, with ceramics it's it's all a, a really a balancing act of time and uh things dry at certain rates and then they could also dry at unexpected rates and so being able to check into my studio early in the morning sort of tells me what i need to do and then usually i i, I sort of get myself together for about an hour uh, take a shower maybe drink coffee i'm not much of a coffee drinker i do drink tea and then I just sort of get to work, and that could involve a lot of different things. Um, ceramics can be a very intensive process involving throwing, trimming, glazing, firing, all kinds of uh, different things that, that take another sort of focus and understanding. So it's a lot of bouncing around from task to task. What have you been working uh, on this past couple of weeks? been restocking what I sold most of during the tour, which is a lot of my small one-pound bowls, tea bowls, uh, one-pound mugs, small mugs. Um, I've been working on some plates sort of to sit under those bowls in mugs that I'd, I've never really done before, um, and also working on getting racks to sack them. Uh, so a lot of small work, and I've been trying to glaze whatever other work I had sort of at home. I had eight teapots. Uh, sort of prepared and ready for glaze. But I'm dealing with my kilns right now to make sure I get them right. So um, just this side handle that we're um, drinking tea out of now came from Asia. This is unglazed, correct? Yes, yeah, that's okay. a raw natural so flavor. raw. Okay, I have one that's glazed that I love. So, yeah, and so... And this is glazed, your tea bowl, right? Yes, the tea bowl's glazed, and that's basically the sort of difference in those processes is that it's an extra step. So the glaze is sort of like a paint made of chemicals. Mm -hmm. And uh, at least what I do in my studio is I dip my pieces into that chemical paint, basically, which is known as a glaze. Mm -hmm. And that coats the outside. And then when you fire it or bring it up to temperature, so around 2,800 degrees, is when that glaze sort of turns to a glass state. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives you the shine, gloss, and color 
that you yeah, have on ceramics. Yeah, so beautiful. And then your teapot wasn't glazed, and so you just have the natural, beautiful yeah. grogginess of the clay body because you could see it had a lot of grit to it. Yeah. How? Tell us a little bit about the art show that we're we're doing at Shanti. Oh, I'm excited. It's it's sort of really going to happen organically, like you sort of said about the podcast, I guess. <laughs> um, but it will be uh, a tea ceremony followed by an open house, uh, which is a displaying of all of my work that's left from the tour and what I've been working on. And that'll be starting at, at 4 o'clock, I believe, yeah. on August 18th. Yeah. And basically, I, I look forward to just meeting whoever comes out, comes through, um, sort of seeing my work and talking to me and just seeing what that leads to in terms of who I meet. Uh, and that's something that was really uh, embedded into me on my tour, was really enjoying the, the conversations and what can come of them when I meet people involving my work and involving and some of the connections. Of course. So with that, I, I really just look forward to whoever's going to scroll through the yoga studio and come, come see what we're doing and what we're about. Yeah, I hope um, you guys come, listeners, especially if you're in the area. And even if you're not in New Orleans, maybe you want to make a weekend trip and just reach out to me. We can definitely, um, you know, you come and then can do even other things if you're interested. But also, with that, what you just said, the connections, I do want to – wait, I'll let you drink some tea first. Okay. <laughs> We're going to drink some tea. This is so such great tea. It's an oolong. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Isn't it? Oolong is one of my favorite types of teas. Really? So, so see, yeah. I connected to that because <laughs> I did ask. I was like, which one should we do today? And then mm. this one kind of came forth. So, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, yeah, it tastes wonderful. So the connections are interesting. I want to share with everyone, the listeners, the story of how I met you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. It's, it's just really interesting. So uh, last year, I went on a retreat in Malta with a spiritual teacher that I adore. Her name is Srimati. In the tea, during the, the retreat, we had tea We began our retreat each morning in tea ceremony, which she hosted very kindly and shared with us. And we drank, um, we drank living teas from Global Tea Hut. And so that was a really special uh, time. I had participated in a few tea ceremonies before in my life when I lived in Los Angeles and California and other spots, but I had never actually gone to one in New Orleans. Um, at least that I know it wasn't something that it was available to me, like not in my community, nobody was doing tea ceremonies. So when I got back from that trip and I was on a roll of waking up and um, as one of um, our teachers says, begin your day with uh, three bowls in the morning in silence. So um, I was, you know, beginning my days in silence with three bowls of tea each morning. And I really wanted to share with my community. I interviewed Wuda, who is this tea master for my uh for life on us podcast and i hope uh, you listeners have listened to it and if you haven't you can go back and listen and i i I shared with him that i would love to for somebody to come and host a tea ceremony for our community because it was such a lovely thing to have and which then he replied why don't you just do it and so then my my (laughs) teacher shrimash she said why don't you just do it and i said well obviously you know i haven't gone to Taiwan where they have their center haven't been properly trained but okay whatever just don't worry about that right now just do it which really is kind of what I um, tell my yoga people who go through my yoga teacher training when they start teaching yoga in the beginning I just say just do it Mm -hmm. just much like that Nike commercial you know just you just got to start like and and that's with everything uh yeah with with like my tour and with what I've been doing and where I want to go it's just like just do it just do uh, it and then come over the fear of yeah what what there is to fear after you're you're deep into absolutely it, so. most of the things that i have actually been able to create in my life and to actually that i'm even proud of now i look back i had to have that moment that i just said just freaking do it or you're never gonna do it <laughs> yeah so but i say this because then i started uh doing these um then i started with my first tea ceremony and at um shanti yoga shala and this was almost like it was last year and um i didn't have so one of the things that you want to try to do in a tea ceremony is that you want your bowls to be more or less, 
you know, the same size and ideally, mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay if it's not, but ideally you want some consistency. And when you're pouring the tea, you also want some consistency on the pouring. And this comes back into equanimity, you know, and just, we are all one. And so we're going to treat this with a very, uh, energy of equanimity. And so as if we're all one, yes, exactly. Cool. Because we are. And yeah. so at least in the yoga perspective and principles. So I was looking for, um, I called for about a period of two, three weeks, I called every pottery studio or, or store in New Orleans. And what I would find yeah. is I would find like six bowls or I would find five bowls. But in this particular tea ceremony, I had um, almost 20 people. I think I had 20 or 18. So okay. I needed that um, that many bowls, you know, that were created at least by the same artist. So I could have some somewhat of consistency mm-hmm. and I didn't have the material. But anyways, after looking everywhere, going and visiting um, some stores and finding four, but not, you know, 20 and uh, finally drove to this place like near the airport, which is like an hour from my house almost and with traffic and got these um you know, not pottery, just like uh, generic, but really white, simple tea stuff and mm-hmm. purchased uh, the amount that I needed. And when I was driving back into the city, it was that same day. Okay. So this was like yeah. a huge deal in my life for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I knew that they were having Wednesday at the Square, which is a an art festival and, and a music. It's like wasn't it there that we met? Or uh, it was it? at LunaFet. LunaFet, uh, okay. The, the light the because it's festival. okay. So that's the same place that they have Wednesday at the Square, but it was not Wednesday at the Square. It's mm-hmm. called LunaFet, which is I believe their second or third year they've done it. Okay, so it's a pretty new show. So right? I was really looking forward to going to that. Now that you're telling me, I remember, and this I think was the last day probably of it. And they had, it's a light festival and it has music and it has local artists exhibiting. And Vincent was one of them. But randomly, I went there to see the lights. I think I still had the bowls that I had just picked up in my car. Oh, really? Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> so this is the crazy thing. And so I walk in there and instead of going straight to go see the lights, I, I don't know why. But I said, oh, I'm just going to go look at the art. Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing I did. And when I got to the art thing, you were literally the first person that I went to. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was the and front corner of, of yeah, the show with yeah. the big sort of pop-up yellow tent. You were the first was, person that I, I went to. Yeah. And when I got there and I looked at you, I said, hey, oh, you make pottery? And I was thinking in my head, I'm going to ask him about both. And I look around, you had all these bowls <laughs> out. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so funny. I mean, this is like, to me, it's like the universe is just so funny to me because, you know, it allowed me to go to all this hoop loop. And then all of a sudden it was like, go see this light show. And here you're going to meet this person that not only then we became, again, connections, right? Got to know each course, other. Yeah. I got a ton of bowls from you for <laughs> that first tea ceremony and then got more bowls from you. And now we're, it leads us into, you know, I don't know, eight months later it will be, or yeah. nine months later, us doing now an art show and a tea ceremony together. Exactly. So it just goes to show you how amazing life is. You know, I wanted to share that story because I find it, I even joked, um, you know, after with John, I was like, yeah, the universe really literally like manifested Vincent into my life. <laughs> and that's funny on the on the flip side of that story i had just got done making 50 of these small little bowls that i wasn't really sure what they would do in my booth or what their purpose would be (laughs) something i never really made before um and so that was their first show on the shelves and you just swooshed them all away (laughs) um and so uh they've sort of become my bread and butter the the tea bowls and i've sort of really actually made them quite better since um, eight months ago or nine months ago. My uh, techniques just involving that T-bowl have improved quite a bit. Wow, that's um, amazing. And now, and I wouldn't have focused on it if it weren't for that event. It would have sort of been put to the side. So, wow. You yeah. know, I think it's just really, that's the why I'm bringing this. I hope that you listeners can understand what I'm trying to say. Like, just pay attention to the signs, pay attention to the messages because the universe works in mysterious ways. <laughs> and sometimes you just don't know. 
I tell you guys that the tea ceremonies now have become quite a regular thing in New Orleans for us. I've been hosting many of them. We've actually started a global tea hut community in New Orleans. We have other members who are now saying that they too will host ceremonies. So this is a fantastic thing. In a way, the tea brought us together. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. And the pottery. And the pottery, yeah. For me, it's really about my, my media and the sort of use of what I make. And that's why the tea ceremony is so important and why they're lumping them. We're lumping them together at my, my show on the 18th. Yeah. Uh, well, so thank you for that. I just wanted to share that story because I course. think it's a cool story. Yeah. And, and that, that's really the, the importance of my work is um, how those relationships, those memories and those moments sort of come to be that develop around my work. Um, sort of like the story you just told or someone at a show in Mississippi uh, saying, I, I bought a mug from you three years ago and I use it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those connections that I make with people through what I do is, uh, is timeless and, and will really sort of bring forth more improvement in my work. That's more amazing. Happens, I so. love that. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> through your life experience that you've had with all of this for someone who is just starting and i know that in many ways you feel like you're just starting but you're not really like i'm, what, I'm very much in a sort of uh, a what, limbo period but what yeah. is your um what would be your if you had to tell you know your younger self like some of the lessons you've learned like what would you what would you how would you inspire younger a young version of yourself artist um sort of like what we mentioned uh, uh, just a few minutes ago about facing fears and, and doing things head on. Um, it's, it's really important that someone young like me and uh, someone who potentially has a mind of a visionary or someone who could in, improve an art form or a means of society uh, should really be focused on uh, their fears. Um, primarily what is worth fearing and what is worth really pushing down and just saying, just do it or just go with it or just get what needs to be done done so that you could get to a, a more improved state at, at what you want to do. Um, and and for me, that that's really just the focus that comes with it and then mounting obstacles as they come uh, because doing shows in New Orleans is a limited thing when there's a whole country that I could sell my artwork to. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I did the tour. I just sort of had to do it and push forward to make that step in my, my career and my journey. Wow. And so that's also what's leading me to Alfred, uh, which is a whole another fear that, that sort of uh, is wrapped around in being at this prestigious institution and being capable of producing nice work. And it's just a matter of saying, I just have to do it and it'll happen. So I guess that that would be my primary advice. That's beautiful, Vincent. Um, and, and sort of while I was on tour, uh, to sort of couple alongside of that, I read Frederick Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil. Mm. And the premises of, of that book, it, it's enveloped in a lot of uh, bigotry um, to an extent, but there are some really good points in that book that sort of involve those fears and understanding of what's good and what is evil and what should be tested and what shouldn't be. Um, wow. And so that's really my advice moving forward, at least where I am right now in my career. That's very deep. I feel like I want to read the book now. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, a good bit of my thoughts derived from that book uh, in terms of that. But a lot of that is just experience. Uh, as I'm sure you know, having done what you've been doing from such a young age, it's really just the experiences that develop around doing those things and maybe not following the path of others and what, what they choose. So Yes, and that's that's really awesome that you just said that. That's much of what I teach, um, you know, removing the layers and coming back to yourself and being your most authentic self so that you can live the life that you want to live and not anybody else's life. If you're, if you're not you, mm-hmm. you will never exist. Yeah. Um, How crazy is that? Unless you sort yeah. of grind your mark into the stone, you're not really going to show your ultimate yeah. impact over the ages. Right. Um, and, yeah. Uh, I, I sort of understand that. And 
that I had a lot of those questions to sort of ask myself while I was on tour, just sort of like, what do I want to do and, and what do I believe versus what has been taught to me or ingrained in me through practice? Um, and so that's leading me into a lot of places in terms of sort of understanding what I believe and where I want to take that individually rather than just following a crowd or a wave or a society society or whatever. it could also be connected to limited beliefs in a way as well yeah um and that's together. just that's just when people aren't willing to ask themselves those questions or when i'm not willing to ask myself those questions that's when it, it puts a block have you seen the movie into the wild no i have not but it's I've a heard really a lot about it's a it. really wonderful movie and um yeah i recommend as all to, it, it, it touches upon a lot of the things that you have just mentioned now. And it's the story of this kid who travels around the country as well. And he's questioning society and how, what, what, what part of it is his and what part of it is just implants. Of you course. Know? Yeah. So, Cause no matter what our, our society is going to influence us and what's around us is going to influence yeah. us. And so it's really a matter of accepting that influence and then sort of being able to face that influence head on and saying no this is what what is personal versus yes that that's come into me from influences outside of me i mean i i, I still i think about that all the time too <laughs> yeah of course it's, and I'm, I'm realizing these thoughts and these these challenges that i i sort of bring to myself for things that i'll be facing and everyone faces throughout the course of their life and their career and, and their path which is another reason why I find it's, at least for me, so important to get out of my routines, like we were speaking earlier, and go into places of more natures away from the city. Because I also, it is a way for me to also disconnect with all that and connect more with my inner self, with a capital S, you know. Yeah. So, um, another thought that have come um, into my mind lately a lot is that even some of my I'm questioning if some of my thoughts are my thoughts mm -hmm. okay so if you find yourself and, I, and I'll actually put this out there for everyone listening if you find yourself thinking something or feeling something ask yourself is that really mine or did you pick up that energy and that vibration or at least somebody where, who's where did around? that thought come from well where does in, it come in my, in my yeah. psyche uh, that's, that's, that's a lot of what on the road I was doing in terms of questioning myself um, and just my general beliefs on uh, basic things. Just yeah. what is it that I believe and do I believe that or is that a thought that's been given to me? For okay. sure. So there's that, right? You're psychic. And then I'm talking about something even different on a yoga level. So we are energy bodies too. So if my energy body, my, my bubble is here now and it's connecting with yours, mm -hmm. somehow even our thoughts, because everything is energy and energy cannot be destroyed, it can only be transformed. Mm -hmm. Some of the thoughts now, especially people who are more sensitive and more empathetic, might not even be literally your thoughts. You might just be, I know this sounds kind of out there, <laughs> but you might be picking up an energy or a thought of somebody else that crossed your path that day or that you sat with or whatever. So that's course, really interesting yeah. too. And that, that brings me back to the, the connections I was making on the road because uh, more so than anything, even selling work, what I was doing is meeting people, broadening my connections with people around the country. And because I spent the majority of my time sort of in the wilderness or in nature and free campgrounds, uh, I don't, for, for instance, traveled for five weeks, uh, four and a half weeks sort of by myself. And then I flew my dad up to travel for the back last week. I paid to stay three times in five weeks uh, while I was traveling. So most, wow. most of my stays were free um, and I had sort of a place to live within my van. And so in doing that, uh, I stayed at a lot of different places with a lot of different kinds of people. The general conversations that we would, we would have um, just sort of around campfires or just sitting on some benches uh, is really what influenced me most from the, from the trip thus far. Um, and just like the little things that people say, even if we go throughout a multiple hour conversation, just one thing could really just really change my thought processes and just sort of how I viewed that moment and what I thought of it. I feel people's energies and stuff like that really do have a potential to influence you without you knowing or understanding why or how that happens. 
That makes total sense. So did you enjoy traveling by yourself? I did. It, w- it was fun. It was, it was quite the challenge, um, mainly just because, like I said, I was traveling in a van. I was finding places to sleep, places to stay. When you're traveling alone, you allow yourself more openness to the experience of meeting people also. Sometimes when course, we are yeah. with people, um, we still meet people, but I think there's something really special when you're by yourself that you you know, that you're open to more connections. Yeah, um, that was actually very apparent through my travels. Just because, like, when people are out and about, usually in nature, sort of alone at these campgrounds, they sort of click to themselves. And that was definitely more so the case in the week I spent traveling with my dad. Um, but while I was alone, I just sort of, I'd be at a campground uh, for a certain amount of time, and there's not much to do or many people to interact with if you don't go sort of to the next campsite Mm -hmm. what's going on my name's vincent uh and sort of see where that leads yeah uh and i definitely it's harder to do when you're sort of bringing your dad along to just go (laughs) say hey to people and uh see how it goes uh so there was definitely a different dynamic traveling alone than than traveling with others yeah i think uh, both is it's super valuable obviously when you're with your friends or family you have a lot of fun as well but i have I have gotten a lot of um, amazingness for some of the trips that in my life that I have done by myself. Yeah, um, and then you you stumble across situations that you could really tune into with your own energies and your own focuses rather than having someone else to sort of keep in mind and sort of think about as you're experiencing something, which makes it, it very easy to just sort of let things come as they go. and. Uh, not really focus on anything else or another person. Mm-hmm. Kind of go with the flow too. Exactly. A bit. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was easier to do that. I did a little bit of research about uh, traveling alone before I had left. And that's one thing I was worried about. Just like, well, what am I going to do when I'm just sort of by myself waiting for things to pass? And uh, I just usually found a really good way to fill that time, either reading or did a lot of hiking. Um, making a fire, cooking on the fire, um, and then just general maintenance, making sure my van, my area was neat, and uh, just relaxing, sort of. It's definitely a a different experience than than being at a house or being at a job and then sort of having that routine, like we were saying. You are very blessed that you are able to experience all these things in your life. Now, I find find that you're the universe is really showing up for you. Like Wonderful. it's, it's yeah. given you a lot of opportunities and um, these experiences that will certainly carry with you lifelong. You know, we were talking a little bit about um, the transmission, like you weren't sure yet how this was all going to tie in. And your thing that we do, we are transmitting our energy into even something as simple as cooking, you know, yeah. When you are cooking, your the whatever vibration that you have in your heart and your soul is actually transferring to the food, mm-hmm. which then will transfer to p- the people who are eating the food. Yeah. So when you your energy carries into all of your work, your pottery, and then you know I'm utilizing your pottery through this table, and mm-hmm. so hence your energy is now with me as well. In a way, I think we we do that, and that's gonna no doubt show in everything that you are and do wonderful yeah um and sort of with that that's what we were talking about earlier with me really wanting my my work to sort of permeate and resonate with others Mm -hmm. um and to have them say that they had experiences sort of built around what i created uh would be wonderful um and it's sort of an objective within my work and i intend to eventually make work that expresses that through itself um i sort of want to make pottery that looks lively and looks animated within its own capacity without being touched by anyone or used by anyone and then once it has that use and that utility uh there's just a whole life form that something i've created takes on Mm. and a role that it plays within society or the universe like you were saying. Wow, I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so cool. That's that, so that's you really sort of, see it like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's sort of the way I, I, I see why I create something, at least in the moment, for 
those extensive purposes. Yeah, mm -hmm. guys, I mean, you that are listening, um, we're all creators. You know, you're all creators, and you're um, you're you're sharing your energy with the universe. You're co-creating with the universe each and every day with everything that you do and everything around you. So the 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 more we get clear with our own selves and whatever it is that you do in your life, the tools that you utilize so that you can get clear with your own self, your own mind, your own spirit, the, the more clear energy you will share with the planet and the earth. And I believe that if we can get to a place of more clear energy and equanimity, the world would be a much different place. And I know it's possible with each and every one of us, which is why I love these interviews so much because it's really interesting to see how we're each approaching that from our own perspective and our own individuality and our own expression of who we are mm -hmm. on this planet, you know? And it's, I usually sit with people that are doing quite amazing things for planet Earth. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> Which yeah. is why I love, you know, this, this podcast name is Life on Earth. That mm -hmm. is really kind of the the connection that we have, even though you're doing pottery, I'm doing yoga stuff and I'm doing, you know, somebody else is, is an actor or whatever or it is, cook, like we or a saying. cook or whatever, Then, but we're all sharing. We're all sharing this clean, vibrant frequency and energy with everyone, with ourselves, with everyone we come in contact with and with the planet. Hence, mm -hmm. that's really your pottery these are your babies. This is your, you know, they're out there and they're enhancing people's lives. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, another interesting thing to think about all of that is that um, no artwork is purely original. It, it has mm. to spawn from something. And so my work also carries whatever henceforth inspired it. Uh, so that means all of the ceramics made in, in the past and in the present and uh, somehow be be tied to what I do and what I create, um, not just as an, an individual, but as a part of society, which is a another really cool and dynamic way to look at my work. Yes, and when we before we sat here, you mentioned something that before we finish the podcast, I definitely want to touch upon because I found it very inspirational. We are um, I'm looking we're looking at my chickens right now. They've been hilarious. It's just like kind of around. It's very therapeutic. This. Uh, backyard chicken thing yeah i was waiting for them to start picking at my feet because <laughs> uh, they're getting pretty close they are really close they like hanging out around me a lot they kind of follow me around they go up the stairs to my porch with me and down it's quite amazing they're truly my pet chickens <laughs> um anyways but we were speaking about chickens and yeah, and right. vincent um before we we complete this podcast i would like to touch upon that because i did find that very inspirational you mentioned that one day you see the pottery with the what you say was the with the chickens and the building house or yeah I, I sort of this kind of vision that you have I sort of see myself I guess in my future endeavors uh, working towards homesteading and creating my own environments through my my practices uh, and so that means I basically want to build my own environments by building my own houses, studios, and farms to sort of live and, love and create within. And uh, that's sort of the basis of it. And I feel like my pottery can somehow eventually tie into that. And so I'm waiting for those at least academic or intellectual connections to be made. But the ultimate vision with that is to also study permaculture, which is uh, a practice of agriculture that involves growing... Um, your your plants and your livestock to sort of live and produce based off of each other uh and that takes a lot of studying of soil water and living things to sort of know how they interact and sort of live to create a community um sustainable community a sustainable community that can then live on top of whatever i build such as my houses my studios my farms that is a beautiful vision that you have mm -hmm. and i also want to tell you that you just made a declaration to the universe <laughs> <laughs> and not only that we also we have it now you know on audio on rec do. recording yes. so um something i tell a lot of um 
people in my teacher trainings is before they start the training with me, I say, because the training really is a transformational, it's this, we, we dig into so much philosophy wise, physical stuff, breath, work, meditation, lifestyle. And I, I ask people, I want you to write to me an intention. Why is it that you're partaking in this training? And so they write. And then many times also during the training, I create different exercises so that people can speak out loud their intentions for um, their life or what they want, transformation. And I believe that it's so important that when anything in our lives begins with an intention, yeah, you know, and course. when we write that down, it's so much more powerful. And then I'm going to take it even a step further. When you then say that out loud, and I invite everyone listening, just try that, whatever it is that you want to manifest, right? So maybe you're going to sit and think about it, write it down, and then I invite you to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you have somebody that you can say it to, wonderful. And if you feel like, you know, for whatever reason, like not okay to say it to somebody, then just go and look at yourself in the mirror and say it out loud to yourself or just say it out loud to the universe. That's planting a seed. And I'm telling you, the universe has a way to we're here right now with the trees when you know with the backyard with the blue skies you and i the tea and this is th these are all beings these mm -hmm. are all energy it's like oh okay you, we, you just declared your intention of something wonderful that you want to create in this lifetime here on this planet that's amazing yeah, yeah uh, thank you for saying that <laughs> it's really important to manifest what you what you envision yeah. Uh, sort of like what you were saying, um, everything that you, you do and you accomplish is bred from within you. Mm -hmm. um, and being able to see that and, like you said, articulate it to somebody sort of puts forth that precedent that, that you should go out there and get it. Um, and so that, that's something I actually I do quite a lot. If anyone is asks me about my intentions or what I would like to do with my future or what I'm doing now and uh, what that entails, it, it usually has a lot to do with with what I think and what I, I want to pursue and how I'm going to pursue it. And I'm, I'm never really a, afraid to share that because the only thing that could come from it is, is new inspiration and sort of fueling that idea and that creativity. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I, work, I work with the same process and I have seen um, ma many things that have come you know, fruitful, many things have manifested, which started from exactly the process that you just mentioned. Yeah. So my hope is that everyone listening to this podcast, that you guys can also implement some of these ideas and thoughts always in your life. Because I know that, you know, we're all, we're all here um, wanting to do amazing things. And mm -hmm. it always starts with yourself. And to face our fears. And to face our fears. That, exactly. Yeah. And it's sort of the balance of those two things, wanting it and doing it, uh, that sort of yields what, what comes out of it. Well, and then there's that leap, that bridge. Mm -hmm. That's what you're talking about, right? Exactly. Because yeah. a lot of times, too, we can just want or see some, but stay too much in our heads versus then how do you manifest that? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I think, that bridge that can be sometimes scary. Yeah. But necessary. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that's going to lead to achievement is action. Action. So, yeah. Wow. Do you think actions speak louder than words? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. It's a very blanketly answered that question. Um, but words have a lot of action and a enigma within themselves uh, that could be used in a, in a different, more accomplished way. Yeah. Yeah. I love words too. And declarations are great. Um, however, I am going to also say, I do believe actions speak louder than words. And um, maybe we should just end with that because that's <laughs> a great ending. Okay. I'd like to uh, thank you for doing this with me. And, um, you know, yes, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed having tea with you. Uh, chickens, you guys were awesome as well. It's chicken therapy. <laughs> I hope to see everyone at Vincent's show on uh, Saturday, August 18th. We've started selling tickets. What I will do is I'll add it to the, our show links, um, the, the link in our show notes, sorry, and so that you can go ahead and purchase your ticket. But also know that after the tea ceremony, which is 4 p.m., tea ceremony is at 3, 4 p.m., you just come and there's um, it's open house. So you can come and meet Vincent personally. You can 
um, acquire some of his tea, um, and some of his pottery or teaware or whatever it is that you like to do. I know you're going to have a, a very, very variation of things, right? Of course. That. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have quite the inventory prepared, um, a, a ton of different things, uh, that are all looking for a good home. Uh, yeah. It, well, and most and more foremost as well, like Vincent said, come make the connection. Come say hi to Vincent. Come say hi to me. We uh, we both really look, we love, I mean, we obviously he does too. And I love meeting people, people I know and new people. So we love the connections. So come by the studio. Um, I'll have some, um, also what I'll do that day is I'll have, I, I don't know yet what, but I'll think about some really cool uh, promotions um, for, for meditation, relaxation, yoga, breath work. So um, definitely talk to me and come see Vincent and come to the tea ceremony. And if anyone wants to get a hold of you when they listen to this, the tea ceremony perhaps has already passed when you get to this podcast, which is possible, but then you'll just find a new spot to connect with him in person. It's best to sort of keep in touch with me through my social media. Um, at Instagram, it's little underscore leaf underscore pottery. And at Facebook, it's just little leaf pottery. Um, you could also look for me online, but that uh, is sort of pending and processing. I'm sort of getting a website together uh, as I sort of deal with all my different uh, endeavors. That so you have a lot going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, remember that within all of this going on, please also find time for, I don't think I have to tell you this because you know, but you also have to find time for stillness. Of course, and, for, and just clarity. Just be, I tell you that because I need that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, but I'm telling myself. Of like, course, yeah. But then all of these different things that I'm doing, Natalie, I also, please remember to do joyful things in your life and to also find time for just just to be and everyone find time just to be <laughs> that's right uh and i wanted to thank you again natalie for having me uh it's okay. been a, a wonderful time with some great tea and some some fun chickens <laughs> and i really love uh collaborating with you with the tea ceremonies and you know all of your contributions to that have means a lot to me and i really appreciate that Thank you. Thank you. So everyone, I'll include um, Vincent's Instagram on show notes, and we hope to meet you soon. I hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are on planet Earth. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed Vincent Templin, and I really look forward to seeing you in the art show, in Vincent's art show. I offered Vincent some backyard eggs, but he politely declined since he is a vegan. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I also wanted to let you know and remind you my next Deepening Your Practice and Yoga Teacher Training, Truly Transformational, starts on September 8th, and it's from September to December. We are a yoga-lined registered school. This is a 200-hour level yoga teacher training, which will transform your life, bring you closer to your most authentic self, and give you so many tools to not only enhance your life, but this beautiful planet that we live. So I hope to see you, and I hope that you are creating amazing things in your life wherever you are in the world. Thanks for joining us on Life on Earth podcast.